Hey everybody, it's Saturday, February 19th, 2022, and you are listening to the Pure Capital Podcast. Uh, today on the podcast, it is the third week of the month, so we are talking capital markets. Uh, specifically today, we are going to just do a full roundup. You know, there's a lot going on out in the news. Um, there's a lot going on in the markets. The stock market's down a little bit. The oil market's up. Gold market's up. Uh, crypto market, James will talk about. <laughs> but there's a lot going on out there. So instead of doing um, a teaching uh, session, we are going to just kind of run through the markets and just kind of talk through them and talk about what I'm doing, what my kind of thesis is out there for the next month, um, and, and talk a little bit about the FOMC, see what see what they're up to and what we think um, is going to be happening down the line here with them. So with that, James, hop on. How you doing, man? Good, good. I'm excited to uh, do one of these. I think it's always fascinating to see what can happen, you know, in a month in between each, you know, when we do these the third week of each month. It's, it's, it's kind of wild to see the what can transpire in that uh, short period amount of time. So I'm excited to just talk about what's going on in market dynamics and, uh, you know, global affairs, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, if you remember the last time, last time we were on here, I said, yeah, the market's going to drop into Monday and then it's going to rebound and, and rip a little bit. And it did exactly that, but went to, did not go anywhere remotely close to any sort of new highs. So a little bit of bounce and then things rolled back over. But um, let's let's just start with just uh, kind of the general stock market here. Uh, so the S&P 500, um, you know, we're coming, well, last week, op- OPEX week was last week. So we ended OPEX week uh, at the end of the day and we, we closed out at a, a 43.44 print on the futures market and just, just south of 43.50 on uh, the SPX. Um, so, you know, another down week through OPEX, which is just seems to be the common thing uh, that is happening these days is you hit OPEX and uh, things either get pinned or they uh, kind of drift lower into Monday morning. Monday morning, things open up. Um, go a little bit lower and then we start our rebound uh, back to the high side. And that's just been kind of the thing that's been happening for, gosh, almost the last two years here with some exceptions. It doesn't always go the exact same way as that, but with some exceptions. So, you know, the market is right around, gosh, we're right around 10% off the top um, at this point and continue to kind of drift lower. Uh, My kind of outlook and expectation here is I, I would expect this to drift lower through Monday um, and then see what see what happens. You know, if we if we go down and we break below this forty two hundred mark on the on the S&P futures um, and close down there Monday morning. And man, I'm not I'm not so sure that we're going to start to see that bounce back up toward uh, working its way back toward new highs or if we could see just, you know, kind of it open up to the downside um, all the way through the FOMC, uh, which which comes off uh, March 15th and 16th. Um, I, we could very well see that. We could very well see something open up to the downside. Now, I frankly, I don't expect that. Honestly, what, what my expectation is, is that Monday morning we open up, 
we go lower, we drift down toward that 4,200 marker. Um, but then I'm thinking that we get some sort of bounce around there and, and we probably do some form of rallying or chopping uh, through to that FOMC meeting. So that that's my thought on just uh, the S&P as a whole. Uh, you know, we are waiting for um, this upcoming uh, Fed meeting. You know, last Fed meeting, uh, they did. They basically did nothing again. That they, they pretty much always do nothing uh, at this point. But they they talk a big game. Um, so you know the talk has been that in March uh, they're going to stop their easing and they are going to uh, raise interest rates. Right. So um, it's been that's the expectation for March. And you know a lot of this is. In this market, a lot of this is just being priced uh, based off of that potentially happening. Um, will it happen? I, I would say it will. I think that the Fed's in, bet- in, a, in between a rock and a hard place at this point. Inflation's, um, we got another high CPI print, 7.5% year over year uh, in January. And I would expect that they feel like they have to do something. Uh, to try to tamp that down. Now, in Fed speak, the you know doing something is is to me it's effectively doing nothing because you know they're talking they're going to raise raise rates a quarter point, right? And that's not going to that's really not going to do a whole lot in my opinion um, without raising rates a whole lot more. And I'm not convinced that the Fed can actually do that. You know, I'm not convinced that they're actually going to really push the envelope and raise rates a lot over the next year um, because I just don't think that they can. You got the the federal government's getting ready to roll about a quarter of their of their um, financing into probably one year bond one year bonds and that's uh, you know that that puts a cap on them. They can't go over you know, we get up into the 5% interest rate range and you're starting to put a very big squeeze on the federal government because they carry so much debt. So it's going to be interesting to see um, where we go from here uh, and how this market reacts. My thought is that uh, we've got some upside through through to March um, and then we'll see where we go from there. Uh, but we could very easily open up to to the downside. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see James, any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's really fascinating. I have two kind of quick things. The first one's more of just a question to just kind of provide a little more on like tangible, um, you know, kind of advice or not advice, but concepts for the audience. What, like, I remember when I first was just kind of learning more about all this stuff and I would hear someone say, Oh, the fed's going to, you know, raise rates by a quarter of a point, you know, in their mind, people are thinking like how how things affect them for especially obviously with like the real estate market etc how you know how does that actually work like is there you know is it as clear as uh for someone listening like oh i hear the fed's gonna raise the rates 0.25 uh or a quarter of a point does that mean you know um if i was looking at a mortgage and it was 3.5 percent it's now 3.75 percent or is there a more severe jump that happens like what's a good way for someone to look at when they hear, oh, interest rates are going to rise, I think people always realize, okay, well, that's going to go up. But how does someone actually gauge to kind of understand how that really affects them? 
Yeah, so that's a good question. So um, first off, the bond market, I'm pretty sure mortgages are based off of a five-year treasury. And the bond market, I'm not, don't quote me on that. It, it, uh, it may be less than that, but I think commercial loans are off of a five-year treasury um, note. Uh, but the bond market is going to do what the bond market's going to do. And it's actually kind of priced in an interest rate rise already. So like we're already up almost a point. So like if you go to get a commercial mortgage right now, um, more than likely it's going to be right around a percent higher than what you tried to get, say, six months ago. Um, so a lot of that's already being priced priced in and that kind of ebbs and flows based on uh, the market. There's a couple of different kind of like theories around around that, whether the market kind of leads the Fed or whether the Fed leads the market. Personally, I think the market leads the Fed and the Fed's just kind of running in the background trying to play catch up on everything because they're always behind. Um, but, uh, you know, you could say that um, the Fed goes to raise interest rates and then uh, that has this direct correlation to uh, these mortgage interest rates going up. And it, and it does in some sense, but really the bond markets out there starting to price this stuff in and, and these, these yields are going up anyway. Um, and, and it's already starting to happen, right? It's already in place um, today. So, you know, that if anything, I would think that it would go potentially a little bit further if you get a, an actual rate hike uh, uh, out of yeah. the Fed. Um, but I don't think that the Fed's going to do anything that's, you know, insane. It's going to be a quarter point rate, rate hikes. Maybe by the end of the year, we get all the way up to 2%, um, which is nothing when you get right, right down to it. I don't know that that's going to slow inflation really at all. Um, that, that being said, it will put, it does put cramps on, on, um, certain things like housing and stuff like that, because, you know, you, that additional point in financing is, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of money out of your pocket. So that's something to think about, I guess, but, but I don't think it's anything too crazy. And I also don't think it's anything that's going to really slow anything down personally. Yeah, no, that, that's super interesting. And I think that provides a good perspective for folks because you hear say, oh, it's going to go up 2% or 1% or a couple points or a quarter point. Um, just kind of having a high level of acknowledging that, you know, even before, to your point, they do those increases, the, uh, you know, housing market's already starting to price, you know, the lenders are already starting to price that in. And I've definitely seen that as I've been looking, uh, started to see things push up into the high threes, low fours for sure, um, compared to the you know, low threes six months ago. Uh, so it's interesting how, how fast that's changing. Uh, how, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, I feel like even discussions with, that we've had or, or just with other colleagues and stuff, I feel like there's some concern from folks around, uh, you know, thinking that because now with this new high month coming out in January with the, the CPI and all that stuff, that it's even just more pressure for the Fed to just try to come in and just raise rates even maybe a little faster or extreme than they were planning on. Um, do you feel like the Fed is in a position where if they react too fast, too quick, it could really send, you know, the economy into a, into a kind of a head spin or, um, you know, do you feel like that's kind of more of a, a head fake by uh, the Federal Reserve? And, and at the end of the day, they're just going to do what they're going to do. 
Yeah, that's, so that's a good question. I mean, I, I think that they're getting pushed further and further into a position where they have to they have to be more aggressive than what they what they are. Otherwise, it's just going to look really bad for them. So you know, um, eventually, all your politicians and stuff start to say, "Hey, the people are pissed. Uh, you guys need to do something about it." And the pressure becomes enough that um, you know they do something about it. Uh, and I think we're, you know, we're getting there. Um, but that being said, I'm not convinced that that will do a ton, Like it'll scare the stock market. It'll scare the stock market into going down because the stock market's so overpriced. It's, it's almost purely based on, <laughs> based on what the fed has to say. Anyway, it's kind of, it's a little bit Ponzi ish. Don't get me wrong. If you're, if you're looking at like, there's a lot of good value stock out there that you can buy that you can make good money on. That's a good valuation. But like the general market in itself is just so overpriced. It's pretty insane. That, it, don't confuse that, though, with me saying that the stock market's going to go down because uh, you never want to underestimate um, its ability to just continue to rip higher. Um, so I, I think you have to break. You have to break things into two different pieces. You've got the economy and then you've got the stock market. I could see the stock, the Fed getting a little bit more aggressive and hurting the stock market decently, um, but then not actually being able to slow down inflation because I, I just don't think that they can get up to a point where where they can uh, they can slow that inflation. Now, that being said, like things are getting priced up out there so much that would they would even a small rate hike forces into a recession i do think that could happen i think they start hiking rates a little bit they get a little bit too aggressive they force this into a recession um while at the same time not stopping the inflation uh which is a really bad scenario to be in but i'll be honest i mean i think that's kind of the that's kind of the path forward now you know the other thing that could happen is that they just they step up to the plate um and do a quarter rate hike maybe a couple quarter rate hikes stock market rolls over and dies and uh they do push us into a recession and then they just drop rates to zero again you know and we move on with we move on with easy money life and everything gets inflated back up and pumped back up you know that could very well that could very well happen, and that's just going to exacerbate that inflation inflation scenario. So, you know, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a lose lose, honestly. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think this this entire year is going to be pr- pretty interesting to see how it unfolds. And uh, I get I many guess based off you know some stuff we've talked about. Um, you know, the, the Fed had really correct me if I'm wrong. They've been pointing to kind of March is the first, you know, rate, smaller rate hike. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. with that, you know, we're coming up to the end of the February now. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, as, as their next meeting comes up and those things develop to see where this thing unfolds, it's definitely a pivotal moment, uh, pivotal couple of months here for sure for, for the economy and stock market and how everyone's thinking and looking at things. Yeah, it, it really is going to be, it really is going to be interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I don't exactly know how this thing's going to play out, but it's going to be interesting. So um, as far as the stock market goes itself, so as far as like the S&P 500, I mean, I've 
I've got some, my kind of outlook on it. I've got uh, some uh, calendar spreads on to the downside uh, in the short term. So like through Monday <laughs> by short term. And then um, some monthly uh, butterflies out through, uh, through, um, through March. So my expectation is down through Monday, up through this next FOMC meeting, and then where we go from there, uh, nobody knows. I, and don't don't let me <laughs> don't let me make you think that I know where we're going uh, right now either, because I don't. Just uh, plan out good risk reward, uh, put the trades on, and then you know let things play out how they play out, um, and defend those trades along the way. So you know, by no means am I am I saying I know what what's going to happen, or or should you? Uh, utilize my advice for any any sort of investment. You know, make sure that you guys are going out and you're getting your own advice. We're just putting the stuff out there for informational purposes, and that's just my outlook on the market and how I'm I'm approaching things. So I, I think probably the next thing to do is just to hop over to oil because it helps us kind of build on this story. You know, as long as oil is continuing to print higher, uh, inflation's going nowhere. And the Fed's not can't do anything about oil, right? In in fact, they might even be in a situation where they, by raising interest rates, they actually make this whole oil scenario worse, um, not better, uh, because they don't, you know, potentially don't realize what it is that they're actually actually doing. But uh, crude oil futures market closed at ninety dollars and fifty two cents a barrel. Um, it was all the way up to. I think the high was right around 96, uh, 95.82 was the high at the beginning of this week. Um, and then we rolled back over a little bit, uh, and, and closed at 90, 90.52. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, I don't see this thing slowing down anytime soon. Uh, like we got a little bit of a, of a pullback this week, but we closed on a little bit of an uptick. Um, you know, we pulled all the way back to 86.99 on Friday. Well, not quite 86.99, 86, or I'm sorry, 87.46 on Friday. Um, but then we closed up at 90.52. Um, so I just see that as just a, a very small pullback in oil, and then it's just going to continue to run. That's my that's my thought. We'll see how it plays out. But there's no indication, really, that makes me sit back and say that uh, oil is going to going to be uh, pulling back anytime soon, especially with this whole, this Russia-Ukraine thing going on uh, could put, could put the cramps on oil if there actually is an invasion there. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So, you know, you've got a very, you've got the United States and basically all of Europe um, basically out there saying oil is bad, uh, but they, don't have any real solution uh, to pull to replace oil, right? They don't. They don't have a solution to replace oil. All their solutions are are very much um, not equivalent to oil, and take longer to get online. So you've got a lot of, of producers that are out there. A lot of people who do exploration who just flat out aren't doing it, especially in the United States. Um, even at 90 bucks a barrel, they're not out doing ex- exploration. So that price is going to continue to get drove up. Um, 
you know, if, if there's a, a pinch in oil coming out of Russia who puts out, I think, like 15 million barrels a day, it's something pretty insane. Uh, then, you know, you got more upward price pressure on oil and that's going to continue to drive up those inflation numbers. And then, so let's just say that then the Fed turns around and they say, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's hike interest rates. So they hike interest rates and now it's even more difficult for exploration to happen uh, because it costs more to go finance that exploration and go finance bringing crude oil to the market, which then uh, puts more of a cramp on the supply side. So you know, gosh, I just think that I just think that oil's still got a ways to run, and that just hurts everybody when you get right down to it. It hurts everybody. Yeah, that's super fascinating how uh, that all you know ties in together. I know. Um, Every I feel I feel like everyone, uh, even as I have family in town this weekend, everyone's just kind of bringing up or talking about prices, uh, and it was interesting. Uh, you know, obviously, iconics in the oil and gas space, uh, so it's been interesting to hear some of the the you know leading uh, directors and CEOs, uh, executives of you know a lot of these operators uh, talk about their perspective and uh, how you know certain parts of the of the country, it's, it's way lower, uh, at least for gas you know, at the pump, which I know kind of goes back to the whole supply chain. But, um, you know, it's just different prices because of the infrastructure that's there. And companies, to your point, don't want to build or don't want to do exploration because they're worried of, you know, the regulations or things. They've kind of been, they've, you kind of had their hands handcuffed um, and, and they're ready to have the handcuffs off and go do that. And, and they just kind of need that you know, almost backing, uh, and, and kind of, you know, confirmation that when they commit a lot of capital to a new project that an administration or someone's not going to come in and potentially, uh, you know, handcuff them again. So it's the, the dynamics are very interesting, uh, across that entire market. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, I, I just think that the result is just going to be higher oil prices. You know, um, maybe we see a, a temporary pullback, in oil, but you know, when I say temporary pullback, I'm talking about pullback into the 80s or maybe the high 70s, um, not back into the 30s, like what we were dealing with just a year and a half ago, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, that's just a that's a really tricky scenario, and that makes things much more difficult out in the in the economic climate too. So. Um, going to be a really really interesting to see where we go here over the the uh, next few weeks and months uh let's move on to gold and we can kind of loop uh we can hop over to bitcoin next but um in the gold market gold is starting to take off it's at the top of the top of the range that it's been running in for the last um gosh year now year almost year and a half now we've been in this in this range between like 1900 and 1600. Um, and we are at the top of that range. So it's going to be interesting to see if gold goes ahead and just breaks out of this thing. If, if people start to make their move, um, toward gold, you know, I'm not going to speak too much on gold because my expectation has been that people were going to, uh, be buying and, and bidding that price up a lot over the last two years. And it, uh, it, it has happened to some extent, but not nearly as much as what I what my expectation um, was going to be. So I'm not going to 
put my foot in my mouth like I have continuously <laughs> for the past uh, two years when it comes to gold. So we'll see what happens with gold. It's at the top of the range. If it goes busting out of the top of this range, I mean, I think it, you know, we've got some, uh, got some decent upside all the way up to potentially 20, 2,000, 2,100 bucks. Um, but it could also just, you know, die out right where it's at and roll back over and head right back down to 1,600, um, where it seems to, seems to like to be hanging out at for the past, for the past couple of years. So, uh, we'll see what, see what happens on gold. Let's, uh, let's hop over to Bitcoin. What's going on in that, in that world or the crypto world just in general? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. You know, the, the constant debate is, you know, does Bitcoin operate as digital gold or is it, you know, essentially just tracking and following, uh, the S and P 500 or some of these high growth, high tech, uh, tech startup, uh, you know, large companies, um, over the past week, you know, it's, we had a little bit of a rally there, um, you know, pushed out from like 42,000 mid 42s all the way up to right around 45. Uh, and then, you know, really just over the last day or two, we've dropped from 45,000 down to, uh, I think even just this morning, we, we reached back below 40, uh, which, which had been a, you know, important threshold, uh, over the past month or so. Um, which is interesting because it's contrary to what, you know, you're seeing and talking about with the gold markets, uh, where you kind of have a little bit of a rally that looks to be potentially kicking off, uh, you know, Bitcoin is, is doing the complete opposite. So, you know, I, I don't have a firm stance on it, but in this scenario, at least with the current market dynamics, it seems as if, um, you know, Bitcoin is trading more like a, uh, you know, high tech, uh, high growth stock um, than it would be digital gold. Uh, it seems like maybe people are actually still moving out of it from at least from the observations of kind of what's been going on uh, and looking for, you know, places to, to put their put their capital uh, just because of their, you know, Bitcoin's a lot more based seems to be on the future uh, that a lot of folks are, are looking at uh, and, and folks are really moving to wanting, you know, cash flows now and things that are, are going to have value now. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where Bitcoin's going to go this year. There's just been a lot of you know, obviously across the whole board with, um, you know, all the, the altcoins and stuff too, there's been quite a bit of space in the past year, you know, where you've had billions, if not trillions of dollars of market cap that's been created from not even Bitcoin, but just these other altcoins, especially the DeFi space. Uh, and all, a lot of that market cap, you know, just got shredded away over the past couple of months. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where, where things come back down to, I've, you know, since being in crypto since 2016, 2017, 2017, gone through a couple of these cycles, uh, you know, and I remember when we went from a thousand all the way up to 20 and then, you know, uh, everyone thought it was running up to a hundred K and it quickly went back down to five, six grand. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, I think this year is going to be just all the current current events and things going on inflation and all these everyone is just kind of in a uh you know questionable state right now and trying to sit see what happens and you know i do think that bitcoin is going to you know probably move one way or the other pretty strongly uh as as things kind of start to solidify and folks really begin to see the, the outlook that the fed and, and the markets are going to take on a lot of these things as they're priced in yeah i know i'm i'm with you so let me ask you this question you know there there's been some speculation that, um, in particularly from me, 
uh, or especially from me that the gold market was kind of getting held down because a lot of the people who should be out buying gold were in uh, chasing after Bitcoin and stuff like that, you know, over the past couple of years and driving that price up. Um, I wonder, and I'm just, again, speculating here, but I wonder if we're in a position now where people are starting to say, okay, you know, Bitcoin's run its course and let's leave it be for a little while. And let's just sell some of our Bitcoin and pile into gold. And, and uh, maybe that's what's pushing that price up, but almost like it didn't necessarily replace, it didn't replace gold. It's just a new asset class that's setting out there that people use in different, uh, different points in times and in different positions. And um, now it's time to rotate from, from Bitcoin to gold. I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? You think I'm crazy there or? No, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I, I definitely think that that's something that folks are thinking through, uh, you know, because Bitcoin is such a new technology, um, even for just people in the past, you know, it's been around for a while, but it really hasn't gone as mainstream up until the past couple of years. Uh, and I think a lot, a lot of people, as inflation continued to just kind of slowly increase, and then especially with COVID and, um, you know, we pumped all that stimulus in, I wouldn't be surprised if there were people who just wanted to catch the wave. You know, and maybe they traditionally looked at, uh, you know, gold as a way to, to hedge against inflation. And then they, they had this new opportunity presented to them to uh, get in on the next, you know, tech train or tech thing that's going to the moon, uh, as everyone likes to say. And, uh, you know, then maybe they kind of realized they had a little bit of awakening with kind of the, some of the corrections in the past couple of months uh, and, and started to see that even though a lot of folks market, uh, Bitcoin is digital gold that at the end of the day, at least right now, and and based on kind of some of its track record, it seems to be trading a lot more like the S&P 500 and has just kind of been getting crushed in a way. Uh, and so as people start to see that more, you know, then they're going to realize that the, the reason why they maybe got in for it to be digital gold and be that hedge against inflation might not be as true as they thought. Uh, and so that's where, you know, to your point, maybe you're seeing some folks go back to the, the traditional uh, you know, gold investing to, to really hedge against that. So I think uh, we'll definitely know within this year, uh, but it will be interesting to see over the next couple of months as uh, things start to solidify, if if they're going to diverge more, um, you know, and, and gold's going to kind of continue to rally a little bit and Bitcoin might, you know, drop into the low 30s. Uh, be honestly wild to see it, if it even potentially dropped into the high 20s. Uh, just because of all the, you know, the market caps that have been created in the past year. Uh, so I think people are thinking about these things and, and I think they're still trying to decide. I definitely think some of them have maybe started to, to make that jump a little bit. Uh, and I also think the interesting thing is that when you really think about it, there's so many of these, you know, crypto millionaires, multimillionaires who have, you know, 5, 10, 15 million or more in crypto based off of a small investment or they were a hacker who bought Bitcoin earlier or whatever. Uh, and a lot of these people are taking profits and they've taken profits over the past, you know, three to six months at these highs and, and they have to take that capital and put it into something else. Uh, and so that could be a, a big thing too. I, I mean, I, if I, if that, that was me, if I was a, you know, a, a Bitcoin uh, or crypto multimillionaire and I was offloading, you know, 10 to 20% of the assets, I would definitely be looking at gold as one of those ways to, you know, diversify my portfolio. Uh, Cause I think a lot of those folks previously maybe didn't own gold because they're 
a lot more tech focused. But I think as inflation continues to go up, I think even those types of folks are looking at those things. Yeah, I mean, everybody's out there seeking yield, right? I, I would love to see a year from now, um, everybody, all the all the crypto bugs and who uh, called gold this barbaric relic, uh, talking about how great gold is and how it's the new thing. <laughs> I'd love probably, to see that'll it. Probably happen. I think it'll happen too. If if it can't happen, it will happen in the markets, and and um, you know, it, that's why that's why you don't go in as bull. Go in super bold and definitive because you almost always eat your words. So that's going to be that'll be fun thing to watch here over the next couple of couple of years. Um, I'm just going to briefly talk, touch on the real estate market as of right now. I mean, the real estate market still seems to be hot and ripping. I think that um, it's it still is. Uh, you know, it's regional for sure. There are some markets that I am I'm in that have slowed a hair. Um, but just generally speaking, it does not seem like things are slowing out there. They continue to continue to move lumbers up limit. Uh, at least it was a few days ago. Um, so, you know, builders are still building lumber's still expensive. Houses are still selling over asking price all over the place, especially in cyclical markets. Uh, so, you know, real estate still continues to, to be pushing in price points. So that kind of brings us in for a landing though. With that, James, anything, any last words before we wrap this episode? No, that's it. I, I, uh, think we covered a lot of good stuff today. I always enjoy giving some status updates and, uh, you know, just trying to share with folks how we're thinking through it. Obviously we're not right about everything. So, you know, as Norm said earlier, but we're just trying to piece together the data that uh, is presented and, and try to make sense of it. So it's always exciting. It's going to be a, an interesting year. Uh, so hopefully everyone listening and stuff is paying attention and staying up to beat on, you know, the, the current events and things that are changing across the world and in the economy. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, we'll bring this thing in for landing. Uh, if you guys uh, like the episodes or like what we're putting out there, uh, please go over and, um, subscribe. Uh, we are primarily on the call-in app, so head on over to call-in and uh, subscribe to the to the episode. Feel free to call in, have some conversations with us. We love to get callers and love to answer questions and stuff like that as well. Um, so so head on over there and do that. Uh, you can also find us at platcapital.co. That's platcapital.co. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, go ahead and hop on over there and drop us a drop us a note. That's a direct line to James and myself, um, and you can check out some of the different funds that we have going on over there for Platt Capital. So, with that, this has been the Pure Capital Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great weekend.